Welcome to The Tattooed Mind, a podcast where we explore the intersection of mental health, self-care, and the art of tattooing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories, insights, and inspiration from artists who have struggled and overcome obstacles in their life and career. My name is Mike Fisher Dubois, and in this episode, we get to speak with Ron Rahoff about his 20-year career as a tattoo artist, where he witnessed the growth of social media and its effect on our industry, and how he made the decision to leave. I know many of you struggle with trying to find your place in tattooing and wondering if it's what you're meant to do. I think through our discussion with Ron, we all can find hope that if we decide that we're not meant to be in this field, we can still leave, find a fulfilling career and life outside of tattooing. But don't take my word for it. Let's hear what Ron has to say. My name is Ron Rawhoof. I grew up in Northern Illinois, Rockford, Illinois, to be specific. I tattooed for just a little over 20 years by the time I had retired from it. I got interested in it pretty early on as a kid, just from the the disdain that my own dad had toward them. It always just kind of intrigued me to find out why he just thought it was such a terrible thing to do to somebody's body. I just remember he would say, you, you boys got a tattoo, cutting that thing right off your body. So of course, as a kid, you just kind of latch on to things like that and, and you wonder why. So I wound up getting my first tattoo from a guy named Aaron Blomquist, who was just an apprentice at the time in Rockford in 1995, I want to say, maybe 94. I was definitely underage in Illinois. At the time, you had to be 21 to get tattooed. So of course, you know, these guys, they'd look at your ID and definitely know that you were underage, still go ahead and tattoo you because you had to make a living somehow. And it was just one of those things, man, everybody goes through it who tattoos, they get their first tattoo and they just knew right then and there, that's what they want to do with their life, what they want to dedicate themselves to. But, you know, back then it was, it was even harder to get into tattooing that what you even heard of. Like, I feel like today, no offense to anybody out there listening, but like to get into tattooing, all you have to really do is just open up your laptop. Back then, you really had to find somebody who was, who was trying to teach somebody something. And there was nobody around back then like that. So, you know, I just kind of started my search early on in high school, wound up going to college for something totally unrelated. And that's actually where I got my start in tattooing was in Lincoln, Illinois at Lincoln Christian College and Seminary, where I was going to school to be a youth minister. I met a guy named Jeremy McCullough, who you guys might know. His name is Tilt. He owns New Life Tattoos in Champaign, Illinois. I think I was a sophomore at the time that we'd met, but I'd been kind of secretly scratching out my dorm room. Uh, a few tattoos here and there, you know, just crosses and Jesus fish on, on suspecting Bible college students. But I met him. He was doing sort of a, an apprenticeship in Charleston, Illinois, or by Western University. and 
I was going over to his house and he was kind of showing me some things, how to really properly set up a tattoo machine. We just kind of quickly realized that nobody knew what the fuck they were talking about. And uh, he calls me one day and says, Hey, I'm done with this apprenticeship. Let's open a shop. And it sounded like a great idea. And that's officially where things started taking off. When I met Jeremy, I had this love for, you know, wanting to learn what a traditional tattoo was. And that was like 2001. There was like a handful of articles in like Skin and Ink and maybe, you know, Tattoo Magazine where, you know, old schoolers like Jerry Swallow would show up and you might be able to gain some insight there, but you really had to kind of go out on your own, do a lot of research that wasn't in existence. And so it was all who you knew, you know? So I spent a lot of time just going through those Huck Spalding catalogs, trying to re reproduce anything that I thought looked traditional, you know, with colored pencils and markers and stuff. But what happened was there was this website called Ink Nation that popped up. And uh, that was, man, I believe like you would not have tattooing the way it is today without this website, man. It was the first time that people could get together in a forum from all over the place and just meet. I mean, it was like pre MySpace, pre like Facebook, all that. So it was pretty raw. But he was meeting all these people from all over the country for the first time you were able to like share ideas and tattooing. And it was nuts because like you literally went from knowing jack shit to having a wealth of information at your fingertips. So it was, you know, the very early days of social media is kind of where things took off for me too. Just as quickly as you fall in love with something, man, there comes the drama with everything too, you know. I'm not saying that I was a rock star, but, you know, being a tattooer and and I think this goes along with anybody artistically inclined is that you surround yourself with people who just kiss your ass all day long. So, you know, we have these celebrity like mentalities going into life in general, you know, where nobody is telling you that you suck at anything. They're only building you up. That's all it is. You know, you get out there in the real life and then you realize that some people don't like you and that gets kind of hard to deal with sometimes, man. You're trying to run a business. So the seed gets planted early, you know, the seed of self-doubt, you know, imposter syndrome exists a lot. I shouldn't be doing this. I didn't earn things the right way. Here I am listening to all these old schoolers talk about you didn't earn it the right way. You know, you had the internet to help you out and, you know, you really respect some of these people, right? And you look up to them and you put them on a pedestal because these are the guys that paved the way, right? And then you kind of, no offense, but learning what pieces of shit they really are. You know, that's the downside of social media too, is that you, you have the opportunity to meet your heroes and find out who they really are. We started having these focus groups where tattooers would invite only tattooers to discuss because they got tired of the outside critique from people that didn't know shit. I can understand that, but what that did, all that did, man, was create such a toxic environment for us to get together and swing our dick around and just see who the coolest person in the room was half the time. And that speaks a lot to what's out there, man. Cause if you're that way behind a keyboard, when no one's looking, that's, that's kind of tells me who you really are in life, you know? And I'm, I'm guilty of that too, man. I'm a piece of shit too, to a lot of people because arguments don't start by themselves, man. There's two conflicting opinions, you know, in every instance. And I've burned a lot of bridges in this business, but the internet gave us the freedom just to talk shit and not, and not really be able to have to back it up, you know? So 
I just see these environments pop up and I see all these things go down, you know, shitbag tattooers being, you know, just touchy feely with, you know, with customers or, you know, just people being people in general. And it just made me sick and tired of being involved in it, you know, because you get to these shows and you see these people that you're interacting with online they're totally not that way in person. Right. But you definitely know who they are behind closed doors. And that was the part I had a hard time disconnecting myself with because honestly, I shouldn't have given a shit. That's their world. I live in my world, but I just could not disconnect myself from it. I don't know what that means. Like personally, just working through my own career, you know, I was happy with the work I was doing. I was just not happy with the community I was doing it with, I guess. It, the community that I saw that I once loved, that was once so like willing to share became so equally shitty to each other. You know, it just started slipping away from the, the tattoo focus groups and, you know, stuff like that online. I started noticing that I was really happy when I wasn't talking about tattooing or I was really happy when I was not drawing, you know, in fact, I could not wait to get home and just spend some time in my kitchen. And it just became this thing where it was like, man, it's quiet here. This is peaceful. You know, look, I'm learning French cuisine in my own kitchen. And it just kind of took on this whole thing where it's like, I couldn't wait to get home because I was wanting to cook a lot more than I wanted a tattoo. So that's kind of, I found out I had a different talent and, you know, although I'm, that's what I'm doing now, it was, it kind of opened my eyes. It's like, you know what? I'm not just defined as a tattooer in my life. I can be other things too. And I think a lot of people are afraid to admit that, you know, they feel like they spent 10 years into a business and they can't get out of it because what the hell else do they know? Man, it's, it's so not like that. You know, I just wasn't willing to treat myself the way I was treating myself, working till two or three in the morning for people that were going to show up for appointments. You know, and if you love doing that, it's more power to you. I think it's, it is, it is still one of the coolest jobs out there. You know, you get to be an artist, you get to do tattoos, you get to listen to whatever you want to during the day, talk however you want to, but at the end of the day, you got to be happy with it. And I just was not happy with it. I don't think I was a shitty tattooer. In fact, I think it was a pretty decent one, pretty decent spit shader, but you know, there's always other people out there doing it way better, but I just was not happy with myself. I want to kind of step back to what you were talking about, about how you just wanted to be back home. Like you couldn't wait to get back home to get to your kitchen. Cause I think that's something so many artists struggle with. You like, you get stuck in this grind and next thing you know, you're pulling 12 hour days and you hate doing it. No, you're so good. many, <laughs> so many of us like just feel like we have to do the work we're doing at a certain point. And it sounds like you realized you didn't. Could you talk a little bit more, maybe give some advice to anybody out there who is feeling that way? You know, yeah. like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are sitting on the fence and they're like, <clears throat> and I really do hate this. What else can yeah. I do? So, man, like when we get lucky and if you get lucky and you find somebody willing to teach you how to tattoo. There's always this tagline of, you better be dedicated to this. I'm not going to waste my time teaching this shit. If you're not going to dedicate your life to this. You are a tattooer. You, you, you wake up and you eat 
tattoos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You breathe tattooing, you sleep tattooing. You, that's all you talk about. That, but if that's what you're going to do, that's going to be you too. So I think we get this in our head that if we don't do this, we're totally fucking failures, you know, because that's what we were led to believe at least, you know. But if you think about it, man, if you're not better than your mentor by the time you're done with your apprenticeship, there's something definitely wrong there, you know. They didn't really mentor you. And that right there is the mentality I would suggest everybody take is like, are you really being mentored? Because you're not going to be giving, you're not going to be getting that kind of advice from a real mentor. Real mentor is going to build you up and they're going to find these areas of your creativity that you, you need to exploit yourself to be in a, a success. But they should never tell you that this is all you are. Because if that's what you believe, then I feel bad for you because as humans, we have the ability to exceed in anything we want to, as long as we commit to it. I committed to tattooing for 20 years. It took me just stop listening to other people and just started listening to my own inner voice saying, you know, there is, there is life after tattooing. It doesn't matter if you are sitting behind a cubicle, grinding away nine to five every day, there is, you can still be successful in doing that. You may not be happy in doing it, but you can be a success in doing it. So just find something other than tattooing to keep you sane is what I'm saying. Because if I didn't have the cooking at the end of the day, I would have literally no way to unwind other than to sit down, take a handful of pills in my, in, in my mouth and just guzzle it down with a bottle of booze and just numb myself because I have to keep doing this shit over and fucking over. You know, stay away from that, that whole mentality that, that's all you are. And I think you'll, you'll solve a lot of problems in your life. When I realized my life was like just unmanageable at its current point, that's, I had to stop doing anything related to tattooing after I left the shop. Like, yeah. Cause we, we do, we get stuck working constantly. We were always thinking about tattooing. If we're not, you know, if, if we're not drawing, we're talking to a client or a other tattooer and that's just so just toxic and overwhelming especially because we're all we're all like have this like terrible low self-esteem all the time and you know most of us are narcissists and it, it definitely creates an environment that just feeds negativity onto itself sure yeah i mean the cooking did it definitely didn't you know I mean, for anyone listening, I, you know, nobody really knows who I am anyway, but I am a chef now at a gastro pub in Greenville, South Carolina, but that wasn't like what I intentionally set out to do when I first left tattooing. It's just happened to be one of those things where, you know, it started in the kitchen and the, the passion has developed and I needed a job to get away from tattooing. So I started baking sourdough bread and you know, anybody that's followed my Facebook feed or Instagram in the last 10 years knows what happened from there. So there is definitely life after tattooing, though. You, you don't have to be stuck doing this because you were told that's all you are. Or even if you've told yourself that that's all you are, you should definitely find a way to change that. You know, I, I think that you become a, a better tattooer in general. You have other things in your life going on that you enjoy. 
you know, because you, you start to feel a little bit alive again, you know, when you have these things in your life. I think there's a lot more people who are struggling with what they're doing in their place in tattooing than they're willing to admit. And especially when it comes to, you know, taking care of yourself mentally, you've got to do that, man, because tattooing, whether you like it or not, is such a toxic environment just because there's always going to be toxic people involved with it. And those toxic people always find their way into good people's lives. So you need to find a way just to stave that off and keep it from staining your own life, man. You know, so I think what you're doing here is hopefully opens people's eyes to the fact that, you know, they, they need to be taking care of themselves. There's, they're definitely different and more healthy ways to take care of yourself than drowning it, you know, and numbing yourself as so many of us have done, you know? Well, and I think too, hearing from you, you know, it's, it's really important to acknowledge when you can't keep that toxicity out of your life and mm -hmm. continue to be doing things that you are, you know, and that sounds like what happened with you. You realized that you couldn't be in the place you were. So you left into a different place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'll admit too, like at the end of my career, when you're unhappy in, in your work, you start disrespecting your own space and whether you'd like to admit it or not most of the time that space belongs to somebody else it's not your own because somebody invited you to your space their space to work there for them and looking back on it man i was definitely not respectful to the these people's spaces and uh, you know if they're listening i i want to you know just publicly apologize to anybody if i've ever burnt a bridge you know please know that it's just it's it's not normal for us to treat the, each other the way we treat each other. You know, it's not every excuse just, uh, you know, leave something behind and say that, you know, I'm doing better now because of some past mistake or whatever, you know, but you got to try to find a way to make amends for that. And I guess succeeding in life and just doing well on your own is, is a testament to that really, you know. I don't know if that makes sense or not. You know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, the last few shops that I did work in, aside from the guest bus I was doing, you know, guys like Buddy Wheeler opening his shop up to me in Louisville, man, that was awesome. I worked in some great spots when I was traveling, but I'm talking my the, the spaces that you keep in your day-to-day -day life, in your day-to-day -day shop, the one that you show up to every single day and work, work out of, you know, we start doing some pretty toxic shit ourselves when you're unhappy. So just recognize that. And don't be a part of the problem. I, I definitely can admit that I was a part of a problem. And that's why I'm not in the shop that I was at when I left. But it was, a, it was an eye opener for sure, you know, that I needed a change and that was not willing to stay in that environment anymore. Well, and, and you talked about that at the beginning a little bit. You said, you know, there are two sides to every argument. And, you know, that's so true in tattooing where like, we're always the victim, right? At least I like to think I'm always the victim. So when you actually have an honest look at your actions, you realize like you've really made a mess of some shit, but th there's always opportunity to clean that up. Uh, like you said, even just living a happy life and acknowledging, yeah, I was a dick. I'm sorry. That can do wonders for cleaning things up. 
Yeah, definitely. And I hope, you know, the attitudes within tattooing is changing more to the fact that people are, are willing to accept those apologies. Because certainly when I was coming up, you know, in the late nineties, it was, you know, <laughs> full of just people who just didn't want anything to do with you. If you ever burnt a bridge, you were just a piece of shit forever, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I've got those people in my life too. You know, like, I feel like we all came up in this world where these very, typically very conservative, very narcissistic, patriarchal, listen to me and my authority, man, were just looking at us as the kids that were going to steal from them, you know, and they were just trying to basically steal from us before we could steal from them. And so we all kind of see ourselves in some level as, you know, at least anybody of a certain age. I think, um, you know, maybe people who came up in the last five years, it's probably a bit different. But yeah, if you've been doing this for a decade or more, like almost certainly. Sure. There, you know, there is one thing I wanted to bring up. And it's because I, I promised my friend I would bring this up. And I'm, I'm not sure how you're going to react to this subject, knowing your, your history and your story, but I will, I just wanted to share something that's personally helped me get through a lot of this stuff lately that I've been dealing with. And I think it would help a lot of tattooers, man. You know, back when I first started, nobody knew anything about mushrooms other than they were a party drug. You know, I've spent a lot of time trying to find a way, you know, as a person who doesn't have health insurance, I should say, and I still don't have health insurance, you know, I, I can't afford going to a psychiatrist. I can't afford but it is, you know, that people do to get themselves on a program where, you know, they're, they're trying to decompress or whatever, or I guess talk to people about their problems, you know, psychiatric help or whatever. If you can afford that, that's, that's amazing. But you know, something that helped me out is I have a friend who's going to school to be a psychiatrist and she is specializing in the use of psychedelics and, you know, she got me into microdosing mushrooms one day out in a hike that we took out in the middle of nowhere. And it was just, it was one of the greatest experiences I've had because I was just dealing with a lot of, you know, dark things and, uh, you know did not want to seek a, a, just a different way to numb myself, like I said, with booze or any kind of drugs, but and she talked me into to trying it once. And I just, I noticed for like a straight month afterward, I didn't deal with depression. Not one time. I don't know what that, how to explain that. I just, it was just like this huge weight just kind of melted off of me. I was able to process a lot of things differently, how to deal with stress. You know, it just seemed to roll off of me. I'm not saying, you know, that it's for everyone. I'm not saying that everybody should go out and do it, but it's just personally, you know, this came in a, around the same time I decided I was going to leave tattooing and get involved in this chef business is, you know, I started doing things like that. And I think it kind of helped give me the confidence just to trust myself a little bit, you know, just to kind of filter out the voices in your head saying that, you know, this is the wrong decision. You're leaving tattooing, it's your life's work. 20 years of your life, just down the drain for real, you know, that self-doubt just disappeared. That imposter syndrome seemed to just kind of go away for a little bit. And I, you know, I've done it a few times since then. And I, I, whether or not that's 
why I'm still chefing right now, because it's definitely a young person's game, but that's definitely helped. If you want to use that, I, I don't know, but it definitely has helped me immensely. No, yeah, dude, I've seen so much research actually on it that shows that mm -hmm. psychedelic therapy, most research I've looked into was ketamine therapy specifically, not microdosing. I know some anecdotal shit people have talked about with microdosing, yeah. but man, anybody who's listening, definitely it's something to research on, make your own decision what's right for you. But there's a lot of evidence that it can create life-changing permanent like results for lots and lots of people, especially when combined with therapy. So definitely sure. research it on because yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. It's like science. It's not even just like you know, your right. hippie friend, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I know it's purely anecdotal, but like, like I said, it's just something I've noticed in myself. It's a very positive changes that had happened after I started, you know, considering it, you know, if it can help, man, it helps. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, dude. So. No, it, it, that's awesome. Like, I think a lot of people feel like once they're trying to do something different with their life, that they're stuck into these socially appropriate roles that they're allowed to, you know, fix themselves. You know, I know that like, I feel that way a lot. It's like, okay, well, here are the things that you're allowed to do to help yourself out. And those other things we're not even going to talk about. And so often we can ignore things that are really beneficial because they're just like, a socially gray area to, you know, discuss. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's great. Even just shit like getting out into the woods more is the sort of thing that can change a life. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's where I live, where I live now, man. I'm in a spot where I was, you know, I moved around a lot in my earlier years. It's, you know, if I wasn't happy in a place, I would just pick up and move. And I found South Carolina, man, there's mountains outside of my window. And there's, you know, the beach four hours away. I'm like, I'm unwilling to leave, leave this place. So I had to find something in my life that just allowed me to stay here, you know, and put my roots down finally. But I think I found it. I hope. <laughs> we'll see. I'll never say never, man. So how much do you think just rearranging your whole lifestyle? Because you went from this, like, tattooer in, like, kind of dirtier places of Illinois, no offense, to yeah. then like traveling and basically full-time and not having a place at all yeah. to now you're settled, you're, you know, you've got a family, you've got a like sort of more working hours. I mean, I know your yeah. work hours are a little out there because you're a chef, but they're a lot more normal than most tattooers are. Sure. Well, that was weird because like that was my... <laughs> I got back from Lady Luck Tattoos. It was the last place I did a tattoo. And I went from that day, two days later. See, I was up till what, three, four in the morning as a tattooer, just, you know, living that lifestyle. So I, I went home. I remember staying up to four in the morning and thinking in two days time, I have to start getting up when I'm going to bed right now. <laughs> and it was the craziest transition it was just like just how can i live the most opposite life from what i'm doing right now but it was actually kind of cool man i i found up i'd rather wake up 
early in the morning, then go to bed late in the morning or early in the morning. You know, it's, it wasn't really much of a, an adjustment because I felt like I finally felt like, wow, I have stability. I'm, I'm home now. You know, I just, that was the feeling I had was I'm home now. You know, that I remember the first day I got back from, from making sourdough. It just, it felt good to walk in the doors and just feel like I'm going to be doing this for who knows how long, but I feel like I'm home, you know? Whereas like, yeah, I I knew that nobody was going to call me and see if that, that, that loaf of bread was done, you know, two days before they were supposed to eat it. You know, I didn't have clients calling to say, Hey man, let me check that out. You know, it's like, no, fuck. It's coming out of the oven. When it comes out of the oven, you can see it then. (laughs) That just, that was such a cool feeling, man. It's like, Overnight, the client stopped calling because they, I'd made sure everybody knew, you know, other than the occasional email that I still get, Hey man, I want to finish that sleeve. You know, I don't have anybody contact me when I'm trying to go to bed or, you know, trying to enjoy a movie with my wife or something. Man, and that has to be like the best feeling in the world. Like, I mean, I have to go through all these loops and tricks to make sure that my clients don't contact me during my family time and they work but i still know they're there you know Mm -hmm. like i have my notifications turned off and like everything gets waived till the morning but it's still you know if i'm spending you know if i have to go take a shit there's my (laughs) phone oh okay i'll just message real fast you know yeah 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 it's like a it's almost like a drug you know i'm like sneaking like hits a crack or something I yeah. got a, you know, fifth of vodka stashed in the bathroom, but it's my phone and my clients. Dude, yep. you kind of cold turkey off of that. Didn't you? Oh, I did. I did. You know, it was a, it was a boundary, you know, issue for me. You know, it's like, at the same time, you, you know, you see on all these uh, tattoo pages on social media, it's like the constant thing people are bitching about, like so-and-so is trying to get a hold of me. So-and-so wants to see this drawing a week before I have it done, you know, but in reality, you can avoid all that if you want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to let your customers dictate your night. You don't. You're the only one that dictates that. If you have boundaries set up for yourself, you know, from the time you leave work to the time you get back to work, if you're not doing anything work-related, then you have the right boundaries set up for yourself. But you're the only one that can cross those boundaries. You're the only one that's going to make you stay up till 3, 4 in the morning working on a design for a client that you don't know is going to show up, you know. You're the only one that can do that. So really, I mean, if you can find a way to avoid all that shit, then I guess you'll have a lot easier time than I did. But it was definitely a boundary issue for me. Well, and at the end of the day, nobody's making us tattoo. Like so many of us feel stuck in doing this. Um, like, but you're proof. Like, I mean, you were in this for... 20 years you were more stuck than most people and you got out of it you know like so you don't have to keep doing it um so do you have like just one piece of advice for anybody who has found themselves in a place where they're not really sure if they just want to keep tattooing anymore yeah looking back on it just keep doing what you're doing man if you have enough positive traits in your, in your workflow, I guess, you know, in your day-to-day basis and your, and if you have enough 
positivity going in the way you handle yourself after work, if you're not happy with the way things are going, if you just, just keep doing what you're doing, it will, you will start to see a progression. There was a lot of times, you know, I sat and, and wondered if, you know, early on, if that's what I should have been doing with my life, you know, I just kept plugging away, man. Just try to find, just do one drawing a day. It's cliche, but it does help, man. You know, just keep, if, if, if you want to continue to be a tattooer is what I should say is just keep doing what you're doing. If you're trying to get out, then that's a, that's a sticky situation, man. Especially if you've been doing it for 20 years, cause you're, you're taking a big risk, you know, cause I did find that I did try to find a few jobs and, you know, we're, it's not that we're unemployable. It's just, you have a hard time when you spend 20 years in any kind of profession trying to find work in other professions you know so i guess just find something you love to do and 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 again just stick with keep doing it you know just be persistent i guess is is what i say if you if you're stuck that's awesome thanks man and then your my final question for you would you do it again would you go through all shit to learn how to tattoo and deal with all the shit as a tattooer and, and then leave or like if you, if you got to start over, how would that go? It depends on if I could do it in a fashion where I could go back with the knowledge I have now, I would definitely do it because I would do things a lot differently. I would not burn as many bridges. I'd probably respect myself a lot more, but you know, yeah, I'd definitely do it again though. I am not who I am today without that 20 years of tattooing behind me, meeting all of you guys who have you know, form my life into what it is now is part of the reason why I do it again, you know, because there are going to be those people again. It was definitely a wild ride. I loved every moment of it. And like I said, I, when I got out, it's not like I hated doing it. It's just, I had to make a decision, you know, it's do, do I want to hate this or do I want to leave this and have some respect for what I'm doing right now? That's why I got out. I did not want to hate it. You know, I just wanted to have a, uh, I wanted to have fond memories of the last 20 years of my life. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you did tattoo. You were a big part of me, like learning so much in the industry. And I think you actually introduced me to several people who I'm friends with today, not just yourself, but I'm glad that you're out of it and you're happy. And you seem to be in a place that a lot of people in the industry can't find themselves. And I think that's because they stick around when they don't really have their heart in it anymore. So, yeah, you just can't listen to other people, man. The, you, like I said, you're, you are responsible for yourself, you know? So if you find yourself thinking, you know, this is not my place, then explore that, you know, don't just think it's coming up in your head for no reason. You know, there are definitely reasons, you know, and you might find that it's something easy to deal with. You might find that it's just something small that you've just kind of overlooked. And that by facing it head on, you'll just, you'll, you'll get over it and you will be right back to where you were in love with what you're doing. Or you might find that there's some major issues that are lying there, you know, and that you have to deal with some shit that you're not ready to deal with. But again, you have to take that on yourself if you want to progress. Well, like I said, I, I really appreciate you taking this time and sharing and just being a part of my life. Do you want to do like a plug for your restaurant to close everything sure. out and <laughs> plug yourself or whatever, you know, like 
Sure. If you are ever in South Carolina, upstate, I am in Greenville. The place is called Perch Gastro Pub. We are a European gastro pub. Just to say, we do a lot of European pub fare. We are a brewery. We brew our own cast beers, English style cast beer. And it's just a really good time. Real small, quaint base. Very unique. We'd love to see you out there. So get a hold of me if you're ever around. I'd love to show you around there. I don't really have a way to plug myself on social media other than the Chef Ron at Instagram. You can see what I do there and then maybe entice you to show up and eat my food that, that way. 